So we had the opportunity to go down to Ecuador as a youth ministry and serve this lovely couple, the Penleys. The Penleys are amazing missionaries in Ecuador. They are just the most amazing people that I have ever met. And uh, they were youth pastors for many years. And so they led a lot of missions, short-term missions teams like what we went on. And so they knew what it was like to be a youth pastor going on a missions team. And they knew what it was like to lead students on a team as well. And so about 10 years ago, when they were called into full-time missions, one of the things that they said they wanted to make sure that they did was to make sure that every team that came down, that those students would have the best possible experience that they could have, that they would experience God in new ways, and that they would, as missionaries, that they would do everything they could to pour into the lives of those students. And that's exactly what they did for us. They showed up big time for our students. They poured into our students. And our students, I know a lot of them, had the best week of their life. And so this next couple pictures, this is our team on the left there. That's just our homestead crew. And over here is our whole team. We partnered with another church from St. Francis. Uh, they had four students, and their youth pastor came along with us. And it was really cool, even that joining of two churches to go on this one trip. It was really cool to see how we just all came together, and we were one family. Um, I keep saying this, but... This was the exact team that was supposed to be on this trip. Like God ordained this trip. Every single student that was there was supposed to be there. If one of them was missing, it wouldn't have been the same trip. Uh, God did amazing things through these students. They served well. They stepped into giftings. And God did amazing things in our students. Grew them, changed them, convicted them. And so it was just, it was an amazing week with our students. Next couple pictures here. This is where the missionaries serve. So this is Cotacachi, Ecuador. So if you know where Quito is, it's a couple hours north of Quito, and it's more of a rural area, a lot of rural communities. Um, and this is where they serve. And so I just want to show you a few pictures of some of the things that we had a chance to do um, down there. The first thing was they have Sunday service just like us. And so these missionaries, because they're the only missionaries in this area, they travel far to reach people. So they have their main church in Kotokachi, but then they have other places that they travel to within about a two or three hour radius. And so we did two different Sunday services. Uh, and it was awesome because Brooke and I actually got a chance to preach. And that's always fun with a translator. It's a little awkward, but God moved and it was great. And Brooke got to share her story. And, and even more fun than us being able to <laughs> preach in a foreign country was us knowing that we got to give the missionaries a little break that they didn't have to prepare a message for Sunday. And so I think that was even more special for us was just to be able to give them a little bit of a break. Uh, the main ministry thing that we did with our students was VBS programs. And so everything from doing dances with actions, you know, singing songs about Jesus to puppets to our team actually came up with a drama that explained the gospel. Uh, your students did amazing. They did so good. They did seven different programs over three days, all in different locations, long bus rides in between, hot and you know altitude sickness, all the things they pushed through, and it was so, so cool to see them grow. Um, from the first program that they did, you could tell that they were a little tentative, like, ah, oh, we're not so sure, like, we, we're not super comfortable with this, but by the last program, your kids did not wanna stop. They did not wanna stop ministering, they did not wanna stop doing the dances, they did not wanna stop spending time with the kids that they were ministering to. And so it was just amazing to see um, the way that our students connected with the children down there better than I ever could. Like they just jumped right in and they ministered to the, these kids, even though uh, they didn't speak the same language, they were able to connect with them and show them the love of Jesus. And so we're just very, very proud of our students. Another really cool thing that we did uh, was team services. 
where just our team would get together and we would worship God and the Penleys, the missionaries down there, they would lead a worship night. They would you know, speak when they felt led to speak and they were just amazing. And so if you think about like a worship night here where you just kind of, oh, for an hour, we're just gonna press into the things of God. It was like that except on steroids. Like we were pressing in and they were challenging us and the Holy Spirit fell. And, and I mean, there were nights where it was hours and hours and hours of just pressing in and praying and asking God to be with us. And so it was just, it was just amazing. Um, so in Kotakachi, there's not a huge Christian presence in this place. There are, there is a church down there, but it's actually um, been uh, kind of intertwined with witchcraft. And so it's very confusing spiritually down there for the people. Um, and so we know that like, man, if they don't have the hope of Jesus Christ, how many of us know that we're gonna look to something for hope? Right? And so the things that they have looked to for generations is witchcraft. And now that witchcraft has been like intertwined with the church down there, and it's really confusing and very spiritually dark. And so they worship the sun god down there. They worship creation instead of the creator. And so this is Inti Raimi. So this is a festival that they do once a year for a week. And we just happen to be down there during that week. And so this is uh, where they get together and they dance for hours and hours and hours and they worship the sun god and they worship creation so that their crops and will grow and so that they'll have a good year and and you look at this picture like this looks kind of fun like this would be a cool tourist thing like let's put on some chaps and let's dance right like it's going to be a fun time but um the missionaries brought us as leaders down into kind of the thick of this and it was very dark very dark the most spiritually heavy thing that i've ever experienced just heaviness hopelessness addiction darkness and this is what the this is their hope like this is what they look forward to every year is to lift up their praise to the sun god and it was just demonic and dark and it was hard to be there it was heavy but what's crazy is we like felt and saw the holy spirit move even with this darkness because how many of us again how many of us know that the darkness cannot overcome the light. That any time the Holy Spirit moves into a place, it always illuminates the darkness. And that is exactly what the Penleys are doing down there. They have moved to, moved to some of the darkest places of the world where there is darkness and the enemy has such a stronghold and a foothold there. And simply by saying yes, they have brought the Holy Spirit and the light of God is beginning to spread in that region. So just for a moment here, I want to talk about this. Why are mission trips important? Because I think there's a lot of different ideas as to whether short-term missions is a good idea or not. It's like, well, is it really beneficial? Is it not? Do we just go down there and then we say bye and leave everyone? And, and I got to tell you, short-term missions is very, very important. And it's very, very beneficial when it's done right. Um, and so I just have a, four different reasons why they are so important. First thing is this, to spread the light of Jesus in the darkest places. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are called to go to the ends of the earth, spreading the gospel. And missionaries, they choose to go, and they go to the darkest places of the earth to spread the name of Jesus. And so when we do short-term missions trips, it's not just a group of us going to a random place to talk about Jesus, and then we leave. It is us partnering with missionaries who already have established a church and a ministry in a region. And so we went down there not just to like minister to people. No, we went down there to partner with the Penleys who are already doing the work down there. 
That is what short-term missions is about. That is when it is beneficial and it is good. We come down there, partner with them to do the work that God has called the missionaries to do. The second thing is this. We want to bring encouragement and breathe fresh air into our missionaries. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. The life of a missionary is a hard life. The life of a missionary is lonely, taxing, and discouraging. And as fellow believers, as the church, we need to be the ones to rally around them, to lift them up, to say, we got your back. We're going to support you. We believe the call in the call that God has given you. You have no idea how thankful these missionaries were for us to be there. The amount of times where they just wanted to stay up late and talk, where they wouldn't leave our hotel because they just wanted to tell one more story because they just wanted to be with family. And that's what they called us from day one was family. And by the end of the week, that's literally what they are, what they are to us. They are our family, and we love them, and we care for them. Um, Ashley and Meredith are their names. Meredith is the wife, and she came to us multiple times just in tears talking about how hard it can be to be a missionary. And she said that three or four weeks ago before the mission team started coming, she said she went to her husband and was saying, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like this life is too hard. It's so lonely. It's discouraging. Like I don't, I don't think we can keep doing this. And do you want to know what her husband said? They're coming, baby. They're coming. They're coming. The missions teams are coming. They're going to come and they're going to breathe life into us. They're going to remind us of why we have done this, what God has called us to. And she said that is exactly what our team did. Just being with other believers, being able to tell them, man, the things that you are doing down here, you are changing people's lives. You are doing the work of God. That, that breathed fresh air into them so that they can continue to do what God has called them to do. It is so important that we do that as the church for our missionaries. The next couple are a little more selfish. It's a little bit more about us, all right? So uh, first one, this. We want our students to experience God in a new way. So when we, when we talk about going on youth missions trips, one of the huge reasons, it's not just for our kids to go serve. It's so that they experience God in a new way. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy. Where? In your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. David here says he experiences the joy and the peace of the Lord. Where? When he's in his presence. And we can do all we want here with youth services and Sunday service to get in the presence of God. And we do that and it's amazing and the spirit falls. But there is something about getting students away from their parents away from their school, away from their sports, away from the comfort of where we live. Because when we take a full week and we press into the things of God in an area like Kotakachi, God shows us some things. And he shows up big time. And that is exactly what he did. And we had some really, really powerful moments. I talked about we had team services where our team would get together and would just seek God. And on Monday, the missionaries came to us and said, hey, would you like to do a team service tonight? for your students, and we said, yes, of course. Anything you can do to pour into our students, we'll take it. And little did we know that Monday night would be the most powerful night in, I think, any of our lives. The Holy Spirit literally fell, you guys, and we worshiped for hours, and the Penleys spoke into our students. They, they preached, and they, they prophesied, and they prayed over our students, and students literally were crying out to God. Students who needed to be convicted of things were convicted that night 
were convicted of some things that they were doing, some sin they had, some things they were holding on to. There were students we had who really had never felt the love of Christ, and he shielded them that on that night. There were students who stepped into spiritual giftings on that, that night, and there were students whose eyes were just opened to the things of God and to things that he is trying to do around the world. So why do we do short-term missions? Because we want our students to experience God in a new way. And then the last thing is this. Why missions? We need more people to be called into the mission field. We just do. Isaiah 6, 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Did you know that more missionaries are actually leaving or retiring the mission field than we have new missionaries being raised up and sent out? We have so much work that needs to be done. God has so much that he wants to do. And we need more missionaries to be raised up. And so often it's on short-term mission trips that people get called to the mission field. A lot of times it's just because it's the first time that they've ever been out of their bubble. It's the first time they've ever been out of their comfort zone. And God speaks something to them or he breaks their heart for a people group or a culture. And people get called into missions on mission trips. So the crazy thing is all these four reasons as to why we believe that short-term missions is important. All of these happened this past week. God came through in all of these areas. And I really want to just talk about the last two for a second. Uh, we want our students to experience God in a new way. And we need more people to to be called to the mission field. So I just want to do a little rundown of just a few of the things that happened last week, a few of the ways that God showed up. We had one student that really had an oppressive spirit on them that was, God was for a long time trying to convict them of some things in their life that they needed to change, some kings in their life that they needed to get rid of that wasn't him. And this student was freed of that oppressive spirit on this trip. We had four students who actually saw visions that were fulfilled later on in the week. We had one student who has had issues with her ears, and um, it really hurts around loud noises. And if it gets really loud, her ears start to shake, and it's very painful. And so early on in the trip, she was praying, saying, God, I want to be able to engage in worship like the other students. Like, I want to be able, able to be around loud music. I want to be able to be around people that are singing and not have it hurt because I just want to be able to focus on you. Well, on Monday night during our service, she was praying and crying out, and she noticed that the shaking and the pain went away. And then so the next day, she went up to the speaker really close and it was really loud and she said, it was super loud, but it didn't hurt. And so she was able to engage in worship. You guys, one of our students was healed on the trip and was able to engage in worship like she had never been able to before. We had three students who were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. We had two students called to full-time missions. We had one adult on our trip called into youth ministry. We had one student called into kids ministry. Two students called into both kids and worship ministry. One student called into some sort of pastoral ministry. One student called to minister to those who have disabilities or sickness. One student called to use their writing as a ministry. One student called to minister to broken or abused teenage girls. So why do we do short-term missions? That's why. One week, and God spoke all of that and did all that with our students. We have students who are going to go into a life of ministry now because of what God did in one week in Ecuador. <laughs> like, that is why mission trips are so important to us as youth pastors. I have never seen in my life a group of students experience God the way that they did last week. I have never experienced God the way that I did last week. And so long story short, we had an amazing God-ordained trip 
with an amazing team and missionaries, you guys, who served us more than we could ever have served them. And God showed up for our students. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, now we're going to get into the sermon. All right. You ready? So as we continue our series on spiritual gifts, we're going to tie this in, uh, tie it all together because we're going to talk about the gift of missions and the gift of giving. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm a little passionate about missions. Uh, and it's been really fun to see our church grow in this area. And I think that we're still working on building a culture of missions, but really it's something that we believe in. It is something that you guys have got on board with. And, and the reason we want it still working, we still want to keep continue growing in that area is because we're actually part of a missions movement. So if you didn't know, that's what the Assemblies of God is. We're not just a, do, do, a denomination or a church. We are a missions movement, and we want to send people out to every part of the world so that more people can know about Jesus, so that every person has an opportunity to come to faith, just like we had an opportunity to come to faith. And so the first thing that I want you to understand about missions and as a spiritual gift is this, that we are all called to missions. We're all called to missions, just like we're all called to evangelize, we're all called to serve, we're all called to give, we're all called to encourage. It's just that some people have been given an extra measure for missions. Some people have been given an extra measure or a spiritual gift for this thing. Like God has placed a special burden or a passion or a skill set within a person to reach people in what can be some of the most difficult and darkest circumstances in the darkest places of the world. And so I just want to talk about how do we know what that looks like. Like how do, how do we know if that is a spiritual gift that we have? And the first thing is this. I believe that as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, as you begin to grow closer to him, he's gonna start to reveal to you what your spiritual gifts are. He's gonna start to call you out and challenge you and show you and say, hey, this is something I have called you to step into. But what I wanna do is I just wanna talk about a few like practical indications that you may have this spiritual gifting. And so if you hear some of these things, I want you to, and you're like, yeah, I think that might be me. I want you to start to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, hey, is this a gifting that you have given me? So how do I know if I have the spiritual gift of missions? The first thing is this, you have an unusual amount of compassion. Like you just have a crazy amount of compassion that you can't explain. Matthew 9, 36, talking about Jesus here. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so if you're someone who just has an unusual amount of compassion for people, like something in your spirit wakes up when you see pain or tragedy or hurt or, or simply people that don't know Jesus, then you may have the gift of missions. You may have the gift through compassion that you just want to reach people. You want to share the love of Jesus with people. Second one is this. You have a heart for different cultures or for people that are different than you. How many of us know it's so easy to get boxed into what we know? It's so easy to surround ourselves with people that talk like us, look like us, act like us, believe like us. It's so easy to do that. And man, we, I think we need to challenge ourselves and we need to open our eyes and realize that there is a world full of people that God has created. Christianity is not a movement about us here in America. Like God created the world, all people in the world. This is not about us. It is about sharing the gospel with everyone around the world. I think some of us really, 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 really need to be stretched in this area. It can be so easy in our suburban life to just get caught in our bubble and not think about anything outside of where we live or what we do. 
But maybe for you, this is something that God has kind of already blessed you with. Like you just have this ability to see people as God's creation. And it doesn't matter what their culture is or what language they speak or what they believe even. Your heart kind of breaks for them. And you realize, like, man, they were created by God. Like, if I, if I found salvation in Jesus, shouldn't they have the opportunity to do that as well? You know, if, if you have that, you may have the gift of missions. Being able to minister to people of a different culture is a spiritual gifting. Third thing is this. You're willing to do things for the gospel that other people don't understand. Now, this can go for a lot of different areas, but it definitely, definitely applies for missions, because think about it. How sure do you have to be of your call to give up everything, to move to a place where you don't know anyone, where your kids have no friends, where you don't speak the language, where it's not comfortable to live, and it's often dangerous? You have to be pretty sure of your call, right? You have to be pretty sure to say, okay, God, because so many people would just say, that's irresponsible. Why would you put your kids in that position? Why would you leave a good job? Why would you leave the comfort of America? And so if you're someone and you're maybe thinking, Man, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to do whatever God asks me. I'd rather listen to God than people, right? If that, and so if that's you, that's just kind of naturally easier for you. You're like, I'll go to any part of the world. Then you may have a spiritual gifting for missions, like the ability to walk into things that other people just simply don't understand. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If you are called to a life of missions... 100% there's going to be pushback. There's going to be people in your life who push back and say, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's for you. Are we sure that's safe? Are you sure that's wise? There will always be things because the enemy does not want you to go. The enemy does not want unreached people groups to be reached. And so there will always be pushback. And what's really hard is sometimes that pushback comes from people that you wouldn't expect. It comes from people who love you and care for you, and really deep down, their heart is pure, and they want what is best for you, but the enemy is going to try to use that to get you to not follow your call. But I think if you're willing to work through those things, and you're willing to walk out your calling no matter what anyone thinks, then you have the gift of missions. Last one is this. You find yourself ministering in non-church settings. You are drawn to the outsider, the brokenhearted, or the hopeless. We see all over scripture that this is what Jesus did, didn't he? It didn't take a church service to get him to reach people. No, he saw the broken and the hurting, and he just loved them really well. The tax collectors, the prostitutes, the lepers, the fishermen, the children, the temple leaders, it didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter the situation. He didn't have to be in church to minister. He sought people out that needed God's love, and he showed them God's love. This is what we saw in Ecuador. This is what these missionaries did. It wasn't just, oh, people are going to come to church and we're going to minister to them. No, they show the love of Christ everywhere they go. Walking down the street, just the conversations that they would have, all the people that they knew was incredible. They knew so many people, and it wasn't just people that went to their church. He knew the, you know, the, the gas guy driving down the street. He waved, oh, yeah, that's my gas guy. You know? He's not a believer, but he, like, he, he loves them. He has a, a passion, like a heart for them. He wants them to come to know Jesus. They just love people really well. They were always ministering to people because it's not their job. It's not like, oh, we're going to go to church and minister. I'm a pastor. It's my job. No, it's their life. It's their calling that God has called them to. And so I really want to just encourage everyone in here today. Like if you have felt a prompting today, whether it's from our missionaries who shared or me talking about our students on our missions trip or talking about the spiritual giftings, like if you are feeling a prompting from the spirit that you may have the gift of missions or that you may have the calling to a life as a missionary, 
Don't let that just pass by. I think too often God speaks something to us in a church service or whatever it may be, and then we're like, oh man, yeah, that was powerful. And then the next day we just move on with life. Don't let that happen. Don't let that moment uh, just move, don't just move past it. So I would encourage you, if you're feeling that prompting today, talk to someone, talk to a pastor, ask people to begin praying for you because maybe a life of missions is a life that you have been called to. Our world is in desperate need of more people to step into their calling as missionaries. There is so much work to be done and not enough of us believers have actually stepped into the cause of Christ. So many of us, we love Jesus as our savior. He has saved us, he has set us free, but we don't always follow him as Lord. We don't always like that maybe he's gonna ask us to do something that's uncomfortable. So I think there's a lot of people in our church that maybe do have a calling to go, but we haven't stepped into it because maybe we're a little nervous or not sure about what that is gonna look like. As Homestead Church, we wanna send people out of this place to the ends of the earth. Now when it comes to a spiritual gifting of missions, like for me, I have a heart for missions and all things missions. I love to minister in a mission setting, to build a culture of missions, to lead teams on missions trips, connect, serve, and build relationships with missionaries. And I believe that I have a spiritual gift of missions. And so maybe you're in here going, okay, if I think I have the gift of missions, am I going to Ecuador? <laughs> like, maybe. <laughs> maybe you are. Maybe you are going. But like for us, as of now, Brooke and I, we feel called here. We don't feel called to full-time missions in a different country. He has called us here to this church, to your youth. Like that is what we have been called to. And so I believe that I'm called to build a culture of missions, to champion missionaries and missions projects, to lead teams, to send those that God has called to go. But we need more people with the gift of missions to come forward. And whether that's a gifting like mine, where it's like in this season, I feel like God has called me here, again, to build that culture, to champion missionaries. But we really need people to answer the call to go, to give it all up, to move your family, and to go where God has asked you to, to the darkest places so that people can know his name. And so maybe as God is kind of speaking to you today, he's actually showing you like, maybe missions isn't your spiritual gifting, right? And like, that's totally okay. You just need to remember, we're all called the missions, right? We are all called the missions, but you just may not be the one that God has blessed with a supernatural gift, an extra measure to do missions. We are all missionaries. I wanna keep saying that, but there are certain people that God calls to reach the most broken and darkest places in our world. And so the next thing I wanna talk about is this, that every church body needs people with the gift of giving or the gift of sending, because every church must have those who go and those who send. If we don't have both, it doesn't work. We have to have people step up and say, God has called me to a life as a missionary, and then we gotta have people who step up and say, God has blessed me and called me to a life of giving and sending missionaries to go. And so just quickly, I wanna talk a little bit about this. How do I know if I have the spiritual gift of giving or sending? Because this ties in with missions. So just a few things, they'll be up on the screen. You see value in missions. Like it's just easy for you to get on board with it. You're not skeptical about it. Uh, you're willing to do anything to help missionaries do what God has called them to do. You're willing to sacrifice in order to send and God gives you creative ways to fund his work. As I was preparing this message, Brooke was talking to me and she said, I think you probably have the spiritual gift of giving. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, because anytime a missionary comes and speaks, you're like, take all of our money. <laughs> and then she's like, but then like when we're at the grocery store, you're like, are, are you sure we need milk, <laughs> right? Like, so like for me, naturally, like if, if someone is going across the world, like spreading the gospel, I'm like, 
yes, like how can we fund them? What can we do? But I'm like, do our kids need to eat? Like, is it that important, right? So that's why God has blessed me with Brooke to balance things out and be a good parent. Um, but hey, there are probably some of us in this room and in this church that this is a gifting that you have. Like you have a heart for missions. You have a heart to send people. God has blessed you with resources, ways that you can send people. But maybe you just haven't stepped into that yet. And I got to tell you, one of the most fulfilling things you will ever do is support missionaries. That's the best investment you will ever make. Yeah, you can put more in your 401k. Yeah, you can invest for your kid's college. That's great. Do that, and you should. But there is nothing like investing in the kingdom of God. There really isn't. There really isn't. And I would give everything if I could, but groceries. <laughs> and the, the reason I'm not spending as much time on the gift of uh, giving that I was on missions is because like, I feel like we've, we're growing in this as a church. Like, we are a church that gives and supports. We're a church that sends. I mean, look at last year, our students, with you guys partnering with them, $73,000 for missions to build water wells in Africa. Like, I feel like we have a heart for this. Um, we're a church that gives. We're a church that sends. But there's always areas to grow in this. Um, like, our, our, our church has a culture of missions. But one area that we really want to see growth in is raising up missionaries from our church. Like, how cool would it be? To see a student grow up in Big Top Kids and go to youth group and maybe, maybe go on a short-term mission trip, get called to the mission field, and then when they're ready to be sent out, we can say, we're going to be the first ones to support you and write that first check. Like, how cool would that be to see students raised up in our church to become missionaries? How cool would it be to have more people like Don and Don Eichens who worked their whole life, raised their family, and then kind of got to retirement age? They're like, like, what are we going to do, go fishing? And they're like, no, like, I feel like God has something more for us. And so now they're going to go and they're going to serve in a foreign country. Like, how amazing is that? I, I want to see more executives and business owners who have gifts of leadership and business and leading teams. And I want God to speak to them and be like, hey, what you're doing in America is awesome. And, like, I'm going to work through you and, and you're going to bring people to Christ in that way. That's great. But, like, what if you went to the darkest place of the world with your skill set? Imagine what I could do for you. Like, how cool would it be if we had people in our church that that happened, or teachers, or, or, or maybe it's just like some of us get that call to leave the comfort of life here so that we can reach people and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so as we close today, I want to challenge you over the next couple weeks here to really press in and ask God if you have either of these giftings. Like, God, do I have this spiritual gift of missions or spiritual gift of giving? Because, man, if God gives you a spiritual gift, you don't want to pass it up. Like, you want to walk into that gifting. And, again, if he maybe reveals to you that, hey, maybe this isn't your spiritual gifting, that doesn't mean you get to skip this part of being a believer. Right? Because we're all called to do these things. We're all called to evangelize, all called to serve, all called to do missions. But here's the thing. Some of us in this room... You have been given an extra measure in the area of missions or the area of given, giving. And so we need those in our church with these giftings to step up and to lead. We need more people who want to be involved in short-term mission trips. We need more people who want to help our students raise money for Speed the Light and for, and for missions. We need more people who are willing to step up and say, God, I will do whatever you have asked me to do and I will go. Because God has work that he wants to do. Like, he wants to use Homestead Church to fund more water wells. He wants to use Homestead Church to send more Bibles, to help more missionaries get on the field. And I just feel like God is starting to stir something in our church body that he wants some of us to go. 
that he's saying, you guys are amazing that you're building a culture of missions and you're supporting missionaries, that's awesome. But when are you gonna send out? When are you gonna send people out? Because this isn't just a game we play to come in here and teach you about Jesus. No, he has a mission for the people of this church. And some of you are called to go. And so I just believe that God is gonna speak something to you. And if he does, don't let it pass by. Talk to someone, talk to a pastor, start the process of saying, okay, God, your savior and your Lord, and I'm gonna do what you ask. Romans 10, 13, and 14. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? You heard it earlier. 42% of people groups have little or no access to the gospel. Why, why do we get to hear? Well, why are we so special? We're not. And so it's our job to make sure that the 42% has the same chance that we had to hear about the God who saved us, the God who went to the cross for us. You guys, your students got to go and witness that 42%. People who have little or no access who are looking to things that are not God to be God. Darkness, hopelessness, and that fills so much of our world. And so I just wanna call out our church, the church, but especially Homestead Church. It's time to wake up to what God is doing around the world because he is doing something amazing and we are called to be a part of it. There is work to be done, amen? Amen, would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for who you are, we thank you for being our savior. We thank you for going to the cross for us. And right now I just feel a burden on my heart that man, we, we have not always put you first as Lord. We love savior, but we're not so sure about Lord. And so I just pray right now that you would convict those of us who need to put you back where you belong, which is on the throne. And if you asked us to send, we will send. But God, if there are people in this church that you asked to go, we will go. God, help us as leaders and as uh, church members, when people step forward and say, I believe I'm called, help us to help them navigate and help them to go and fulfill the calling that you have called them to. God, iron sharpens iron. And so, man, if some of us are called, the rest of us need to be there to rally around them, to support them, to help them carry out that calling. God, would you help us to continue to be a missions movement, to have a heart like yours for people, all people in every part of the world. We love you, we praise you, and that's in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Homestead Church, for being here this morning. If you would like to talk to our missionaries, they will be out there. Um, and man, if you're feeling like the Spirit is saying to partner with them, please, please 